If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 2 as we continue through our Advent series. And this morning we look at joy. And uh, Matthew chapter 2, if you don't have a Bible, there should be a black hardback ESV somewhere near you. If you need a Bible, that is our gift to you. So you, uh, you feel free to, to take that with you today. Uh, we've had several Christmas celebrations here at church already this uh, this year, this season, and uh, next week, I want to invite you back. Next week is our family Christmas worship service, and that means that every generation will be represented next Sunday. There will be kids singing, there'll be a drama, there'll be worship music, there'll be all kinds of things happening, there'll be videos. Uh, it'll just be a great celebration, so I want to invite you back to that as we light the love candle. And then again, on Christmas Eve, we will light the Christ candle, and we will have a night of worship, candlelight worship and communion. So let me just see if you've been paying attention. If you were at the ladies' gathering, uh, you sang a song that many of you uh, didn't know. And so I'm going to ask you this trivia question. Uh, Miss Deanna might know this one. Uh, how do you say Merry Christmas in Spanish? Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Yeah, the ladies, they, they warmed up their uh, vocals with Feliz Navidad, which was interesting. Uh, maybe if you were here Wednesday, uh, you would know the answer to this one, kids. Who tries to stop Christmas from coming by stealing the things uh, of Christmas from the Who's? The Grinch. The kids got it. There you go. Uh, maybe if you were paying attention to the sermon last week, who knows, uh, you'll get this one. Where did the shepherds go to see Jesus lying in a manger? Okay, you weren't paying attention. Great. It's Bethlehem. That's, uh, that's it. Uh, <laughs> if, you will, uh, if you've turned to Matthew chapter 2... If you look at verse 13, I guarantee you can get this one correct. After leaving Bethlehem, to which country did Joseph, Mary, and Jesus travel? Egypt. Egypt. There you go. And uh, maybe you were paying attention this morning. We sang a song um, that was based off of Psalms 98. So what classic Christmas song is based off of Psalms 98? Joy to the world. All that intro was to get to this point. Okay, so joy is what we're talking about this morning. Um, I know sometimes they're better than others, but uh, we get to joy, and uh, that's what we're talking about. Paul, John Piper says this, Christian joy is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the Word and in the world. So let me kind of sum that up to you. What is joy? Christian joy is the feeling in your innermost being that comes from God when you encounter Jesus and you are fulfilled in him. Joy is a feeling. You can't learn it. You can't study it. You can't uh, gain enough biblical knowledge to, to gain it. You can't make yourself feel something. Joy is a feeling. So you can't buy it. You can't manufacture it. You can't learn it. You can only receive it. This is what Jesus says in John 15, 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Jesus is saying, I've, I've come, I've given you these things so that you may experience my joy and your joy may be full. It's received. John 17, 13 in the high priestly prayer. But now I am coming to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Jesus came so that we could have joy fulfilled. It's a feeling. Joy is in the soul. There are soul feelings and then there are physical feelings. Soul feelings well up from the part of us that was made in the image of God. It is the part of us that longs to be right with God. 
Our physical feelings, however, are a part of us that longs for gratification. A lot of people confuse these two. There's a lot of people that say, well, God wants me to be happy. Well, I, I feel like this is good for me. Well, God wants you to be holy. He wants you to experience joy, not just happiness. And so don't confuse physical feelings with soul feelings, the part of you that wants to be right with God. Because joy is a gift that is received. It is a fruit of the Spirit. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Joy. It's interesting. Many people will talk about the fruits of the Spirit, and they'll say, well... I've got these fruits, but I don't have this fruit. Well, if you look at it, the word fruit is a singular. This is the fruit of the Spirit. All of these things encompass what God gives you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joy is a gift of God. Joy is this. Joy is seeing the beauty of Jesus. And that's exactly what happens to these wise men. You might be familiar with this passage of Scripture, but we're going to read Uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, and I want to invite you to follow along with me. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Verse 7. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them, what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy." And going into the house, it wasn't the manger, okay? Let me point that out. It was a house. They saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We ask God that you speak to us. You would reveal yourself to us by the power of your Holy Spirit and God through your word that we would receive joy this morning, a joy that only comes from knowing you. Father, I pray for this church that our hearts would be drawn to you, that our hearts would be fertile soil that we could receive your word. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. First thing I want you to see is this. As we look at the story, joy is found in the pursuit of God. It says this in verse 7, Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them What time the star appeared? And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. These wise men went and searched diligently. They pursued God. Now, we know that they came from a far country. They they planned this out. These wise men had to make time. They had to make time. They had to put forth extreme effort. They had to make sacrifices in order to search for the king. 
They totally took away their schedules and said, this is far more important, and so we're going to go search for a king. They were not just knowledgeable, they were wise. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. You see, it wouldn't have been very wise if these men knew all the astrology, all the history, all the geography, and they didn't take time to come and see the king. It wouldn't have been very wise if they had all the knowledge of the world and yet shunned a moment to be in the spiritual, physical presence of God. You see, there's an interesting thing about the world today. It's very knowledgeable. It's gained a lot of knowledge. We've learned all kinds of things about astrology and geometry and, and all of these things and geography. And we've learned all of these things, and yet we've shunned a moment with God. The pursuit of God leads to discovering the promises of God. Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Joy is a promise of God accomplished in the work of God and given by the presence of God. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You can't learn it. Joy is a gift received from God by the presence of God. This is the good news, Luke 2.10. We looked at this last week. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring good news of great joy. The gospel, the fact that Jesus Christ came to earth is good news, and it brings with it joy. Joy is the promise of Jesus Christ in the gospel. In John 16.21-24, Jesus says this, When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come, but when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy. I don't know if that's true, because I'm a guy, but Jesus said it, so it's got to be true. Uh, that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. Joy is in the gospel. Joy is found in the pursuit of God. The best way for you to pursue God is in prayer. Communion happens in prayer. You pray to the Father through the Son, by the power of the Holy Spirit. You are joining in into a conversation with the Trinity when you join Him in prayer. Prayer, you find joy. In the pursuit of God is where you find joy. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Your words were found, I ate them, and your words became to me joy and the delight of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Joy is a promise received in God's word. Many of us, we lack joy. We've, we've lost the fact that the gospel is good news. We've failed to pray earnestly for God's presence in our life. And we long for joy, and yet we miss out on eating God's word because it satisfies our soul. We find joy when we pursue God. Look at what the psalmist says in 126. Four through six. Restore our fortunes, O Lord. Like streams in the Negeb, those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. 
The process of pursuing Jesus is the process of pursuing joy. If you lack joy, pursue Jesus. This is what the wise men did. Pursue Jesus through prayers for restoration. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Restore me. There's a cry that comes from people who feel far from God that know that they need joy, a gift from God. God, restore to me an understanding. Restore our fortunes, O Lord. If you don't see your desperate need for restoration, you won't see a desperate need for Jesus. If you think that you're okay, if you found happiness in things other than Jesus Christ, you won't cry out. Restore our fortunes, O Lord. Pursue Jesus through honest humility. Like streams in the Negev, I love this. The Hebrew word streams means strictly a riverbed, the channel which holds water when water is there but is often dry. I just want to say this because I know that it's, it's got to be true. If we're full of honest humility, many of us would be in here and we would say, I lack joy today, and I feel like God is far from me. There was a time in my life when I felt like the presence of God was like a rushing water that was just overtaking me. But Jeff, if I'm honest, I'm parched. I'm dry. I'm just going through the motions. It's, it's difficult for me to even be here this morning to sing songs of praise. I've, I've just kind of lost my way. Joy is a gift that is received. It's a promise of God in the pursuit of God. Pursue Jesus through planting. Plant spiritual seeds in your life. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. This reminds you of the parable of the, of the, the sower. Right? There's, there's all kinds of seed being thrown, but some falls on the hard ground, some falls on the shallow ground, some falls on the, the weedy ground, and some falls on the fertile ground. And those who sow in tears, in prayer, God, restore me. God, speak to me through your word. Those who do that will find that their hearts are fertile to receive God's word, and they will come back with fruit abundant fruit in their life with the fruit of the Spirit, joy, and they will feel his presence once again. The streams of Negev will no longer be dry, but they will feel the waters rushing of his Spirit in their life. God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. I desperately need joy. Church, do you need joy today? A.W. Tozer said this, to have found God and still to pursue him is the soul's paradox of love. If you have found God, you will never be satisfied. Here, there will always be a longing for more of him. God, I need more of you. My soul is dry today. I love you desperately. Proverbs 8, 17, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Church, are you at a point where you're daily pursuing God? Because a daily pursuit of God is the love of God. God, I need you today. I need your gift of joy. Joy is found in the pursuit of God. Joy is found in the presence of God. Let's keep reading there. Verse 9. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen went 
um, when it rose, went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. There's this moment of exceedingly great joy. It happens when they reach the point of their pursuit. They've been pursuing joy. They've been pursuing the king. And now they've reached a point where it's here. The presence of God. We've established that these wise men were wise because they took the knowledge they had and they applied it to their life. But then it came to this moment. This one moment of joy where they saw the face of God. Sometimes we feel empty. Sometimes we feel unsatisfied. Sometimes we feel unappreciated and unaccepted, maybe unloved and inadequate. These are the feelings we have when we have an empty soul. But when the fullness of God fills our hearts, we experience the fullness of joy. If you feel unfulfilled in any way, then you lack joy. Something good may happen for a moment. Happiness can eclipse that hole in your soul, but without fail, the emptiness will return. We become addicted to the drug of happiness because we lack sustaining joy. We pursue things to fill the hole in our heart that will never last. You may feel inadequate or unloved. You may feel like there's a hole that's unfulfilled, and so you'll jump from purchase to purchase, from experience to experience, from relationship to relationship. And Paul says that joy is found in the fullness of God. Ephesians, he writes this in 3, 14 through 19, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through the Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That you would be filled with all the fullness of God. You see, if you will pursue God, he promises that you will be fulfilled with the promise of God, which is his very own spirit. That's where you find joy. All the fullness of God. These wise men that day saw the love of God in the fullness of Jesus Christ. Their knowledge of God became surpassed by their experience of the fullness of God. The reason I can say that is because Paul writes in Colossians 2.9, For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Now I want you to think about this. This is something we've learned doctrinally. Jesus Christ was fully man and fully God. All the fullness of God's deity dwelled in this child that these wise men stood before. And they, they saw the presence of God. If you want joy, you got to pursue God. It's the love of God that leads you to pursue him all the days of your life. And when you feel the fullness of God and the presence of God, he fills your life with joy, all the fullness of God. The fullness of God is the spiritual understanding or experience of the fullness of his love of Christ filling your hearts, your souls, not just a knowledge of Christ filling your mind. Unfortunately, many of us 
our entire Christian experience is knowledge-based rather than experience-based. Unfortunately, we know the Christmas story. When I say turn to Matthew chapter 2, oh, the wise men, yeah, I know that. I've learned that. I saw the felt board when I was a kid, right? Yeah, my mom, she moved the wise men to the other side of the room because of something you said. They're, They're no longer in the nativity. A lot of our Christian experience is knowledge-based. And we settle for that. But there is a fullness of God that surpasses knowledge. There's a fullness of God that you experience the presence of God, the fullness of God, and your only response is joy, exceeding joy. The Christmas story is that the fullness of God became fully man so that we can receive the fullness of God. John 1, 14 through 16 says it this way, And the Word, that's Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. We've received the fullness of God. We've received grace upon grace. Here's the interesting thing about grace. Grace leads to gratitude. Grace leads to gratitude. The fullness of Christ filling our hearts with grace upon grace leads to a heart of gratitude upon gratitude. How can you tell if you're full of God's grace? You live a life full of gratitude for who he is and what he's done. That's joy. Gratitude. You you know why this is so neat? If you take the, I'm going to nerd out on you, okay? If you take the Greek words for grace and gratitude, they have the same root word. They're from the same source. That's why when we pray over our food, we say grace, right? Some of you, grace, she died 30 years ago, right? So another movie quote. No one got it. Okay, so... um, Grace upon grace leads to gratitude. I had to get the younger generation back just for the older generation. I had to get them back. The pursuit of God leads to the joy of God. The presence of God is the joy of God. Joy is found in praising God. If you pursue God, if you find the fullness of God, grace upon grace, you can't help but respond with gratitude upon gratitude for who God is and what he's done. This is the Christian life. The pursuit of God, the presence of God leads to the praise of God. This is all of the Christian life. It goes on, it says, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Here's the thing. From day one, these men were on a mission to worship. To worship God, they had to pursue. They reached the presence of God, and their only response was gratitude, and they came prepared to give. When you are full of gratitude, you give. And it's not because you feel like you have to. It's because you want to. This is the praise of God. The praise of God is to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. That's your reasonable act of worship. That's what you do. You say, God, I'm all yours because I'm so full of gratitude because you have given me the fullness of God, grace upon grace, and I didn't deserve any of it. And so I'm just going to praise you for it. And when you get to that point, that's when you can experience true joy. These wise men, they pursued 
And they personally encountered the king. And they praised. They praised him for it. A.W. Tozer, I just want to share another quote with you. Millions call themselves by his name. It is true. And pay some token respect to him. But a simple test will show how little he is really honored among them. Let the average man be put to the proof on the question of who is above and his true position will be exposed. Let him be forced into making a choice between God and money, between God and man, between God and personal ambition, God and self, God and human love, and God will take a second place every time. Those other things will be exalted above. However, the man may protest. The proof is in the choices he makes day after day throughout his life. Be thou exalted is the language of victorious spiritual experience. It is a little key to unlock the door of great treasures of grace. It is central in the life of God in the soul. Let the seeking man reach a place where life and lips join to say to continue, continually, be thou exalted. Have you reached a place where the things that are compared to Jesus come second? Because all of these things bring happiness. But joy comes from the Lord. Is he number one? My prayer is that you reach a place where you are seeking God, you're pursuing God, and you find the presence of God to where your life and your lips join in unison and say, be thou exalted over all things in my life. With gratitude, I give my life to you. Happiness comes from what you get. Joy comes from what you give. You get joy when you give praise. Joy comes when you realize that your eternity does not lie in how good that you are, but how good Christ is. He is so good, and he is so worthy of praise. This is why the wise men fell before him, offering their gifts. I'm so full of gratitude. Church, I ask you, are you so full of gratitude that you can't help but praise him? Or have the things of this world so lured you into a pursuit of happiness that you don't even know what true joy is. If we follow Jesus' example, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay every, aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus knew the joy, so he gave. He gave his life. So church... Why don't you take off every weight of sin and thing that hinders you from the joy of God? Lay it aside, and for the joy set before you, fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on him. If you have a worship problem, then you will have a giving problem. If you have a giving problem, then you will have a gratitude problem. John 15, 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. I ask you as you're 
Are you full of joy? Are you full of the joy of Jesus this morning? Have you received the joy that comes from the pursuit, the presence, and the praise of God? If not, I invite you to worship. I invite you to worship Jesus Christ, the one who came in the flesh, which all deity dwelled, just as the Magi did, just as the wise men did, where they saw him and they had exceeding joy and they couldn't hold it in. It's my prayer that we be a church that just worships today, worships all week, that all the things that are compared to God would just be in the distance, that we would say, no, fixing my eyes on him for the joy that is set before me, Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Thanks for listening. It is our prayer that this message has helped you grow in your walk with Christ. Please subscribe to hear new sermons 